0: Donkey uh, Hein, good morning, everybody. Um, sure. While we were worshiping, it actually, oh, bye donkey. <laughs> I've I've arrived. Boom, good water. So this morning, um, it felt like you know when you've got a lacquer mixtape going in the car, and it's like all your favorites. Uh, maybe it was just me, but I used to have a lacquer mixtape, and then if there was a lacquer song, I would just drive around the block so that I can listen to the song again. Um, and it kind of felt like this morning uh, in worship. So uh, um, maybe it's a little bit, it feels a little bit different this morning. Um, and for those of you who don't know, um, all the elders, so Chad and Nikki and Nardis and Lindy and Dan and Renee, uh, are at the Southern Cape elders get together this weekend. Boom, uh, And that is why... Um, I have been asked to just share something this morning. Thank you to Hein. Hein is a deacon in the house, as is Peary. He's also a deacon in Renee and Heine and Michelle are deacons in the house. Um, and Daniel and Candace is also deacons. And Trevor and Esther with a big neon sign <laughs> flashing. Um, and so am I and Karen. And um, it's really actually a privilege uh, this morning to, to talk to you. Um there's so much that I actually want to say. So uh sure. Come <laughs> on You know, I was really blessed this morning. So I'm gonna sit down because otherwise I feel like a school wolf. <laughs> um, it was really so blessed this morning when we were praying downstairs and um, yeah, even with this morning being a little bit different. Uh, I hear from a lot of people that they say, "Yo, oh, the year started and it feels a little bit different and it feels a little bit weird," you know. And I really, th- I had that image of a brand new pair of tackies that you buy at the start of a season, and you've just finished that season with your favorite running shoes, Kian. You've had less ingetrappel, less gemakkelijk, less stinken But they're so comfortable because they are worn in. And I think for a lot, of, a lot of us, it feels like, you know, it's a new year, it's a new pair of tackies. Um, but over the course of time, and as you go on your adventures and your running and your training, those tackies will be worn, well, not worn out, but you'll, you'll step into those tackies and they will start to feel comfortable. And um, just in, pre- in preparation for, for this morning, um, there's a few very nascimentos for ochendiso because I asked people to send me pictures of their fridge. Um, and I had a whole little story about fridges and um, a lot of things, but just acting on, on godly counsel, I actually changed it. But it was very funny to see everybody's fridge and the pictures of the fridges that I got. Um, It was interesting to see how most of us have got a lot of pictures, or a few pictures, but there was this one oak whose fridge was super clean and spotless. You could actually see the reflection of a person taking the photo (laughs) in the fridge, Um, which is quite interesting to me. Um, But yeah, so just in prepping uh, for this morning... Uh, there was a lot of thoughts that went through my mind, and I really appreciated that prayer from somebody this morning that said, um, the person saw a blank piece of paper. And you know what, when I prepped, I had a a slide and some goodies. But I really thought, like, if I put up a slide, you know, when you read a book, uh, any book, you in your own mind form a picture of the character of the lead actor or the lead actress and the, and the supporting actress. But you get a picture in your mind. So I'm really lazy. I don't like to read. I always tell my family and friends I'll wait for the movie to come out. <laughs> and sometimes when they do actually make a movie of that book and you go and watch the movie, you know, the people who have who read the books, like, that's not what the character looked like in my mind. And I'm like, whatever. I, n- I never read the book. So I didn't have a preconceived idea of what the character and the storyline would look like. And I really felt like this morning it would be better for, for me not to even show the slides, but for all of you just to listen and to make your own picture in your mind so that the Holy Spirit can actually reveal to you a picture of what He's trying to say, of what He's not trying. He always succeeds, but what He's saying this morning. Um... And so, Celine, let's, let's dive into it. Um, there's, I'm going to read a little bit in Psalm 78, and uh, I'll read it, and Celine, I've given you, I think, or Rhianna, I've given you uh, 78 verse 4 and a few others. But so this is my blank piece of paper. Sorry, let me continue on that story of the person that prayed this morning, is that really, they really felt like God's giving us a blank piece of paper And sometimes we're too scared to write on that blank piece of paper because you're scared you're going to mess it up. You're scared that you're going to spell happy birthday incorrectly or the person who you're writing a birthday card for. (laughs) And it's a normal thing. We are scared of messing it up. But you know what, even as I was scared of messing up this message... I had to scribble on my blank pieces of paper, and I did use more than one. Please believe me. And so this morning, um, yeah, I really felt like stirring our faith and just feeling the vibes of die tekke is nog nie lekker ingetrapt nie. ongemaklik. It's uncomfortable. And so in Psalm 78... It starts off, it says, A mask of Asaph. Then you can throw them up. My people, hear my teaching, listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things from of old things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell. If you've got a Bible with you and you're following with me, or if you're just listening, when you go home, actually highlight this section. Verse 4. As we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. Imaginary, highlight that for me. I'll continue. I've actually highlighted it in yellow just to help me. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so that the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in the Lord and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. Verse 8, this is the next one you need to highlight or underline. They would not be like their ancestors, a stubborn and a rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to Him. Right. The men of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned back on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant and they refused to live by His law. They forgot what He had done the wonders He had shown them. He did miracles. That's the third one that I want you to underline is verse 12. He did miracles in the sight of their ancestors, in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zohan. He divided the sea and led them th- through. He made the waters stand up like a wall. He guided them with a cloud by day and with light from the fire all night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and gave them water as abundant as the seas. He brought streams out of of a rocky crag and made water flow down like rivers. But they continued to sin against Him, rebelling in the wilderness against the Most High. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God. And this is the the fourth one that I want you to underline. They spoke against God and they said, Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, He struck the rock and water gushed out. Streams flowed abundantly. The next one that I want you to underline is, But can He also give us bread? Can He supply meat for His people? When the Lord heard them, He was furious. His fire broke out against Jacob, and his wrath rose against Israel, for they did not believe in God or trust in his deliverance. This is the last one that I want you to underline. Yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna for the people to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. This scripture in Psalm 78 is very similar to another scripture that's in Acts 7. Um, And maybe if you can recall, that's where Stephen got stoned. But before he got stoned, he spoke to the Sanhedrin, the council. And he actually, word for word, Kind of said the same thing about, test, was testifying about God's goodness and how he led his people through the wilderness. But he went a little bit further. He gave a bit of a history lesson as well because he spoke about Abram, um, Jacob, and Joseph. And he kind of went through the whole history up to that point. And as he finished testifying to the goodness of God, the council and the Sanhedrin just lost it and they started stoning him. but you know what this morning it's a reminder to me that even in the old testament and the new testament that is a reminder for me for us to to speak about the goodness and the praiseworthy deeds of the lord and what he's done in our lives so that the next generation will hear it so that the next generation will have that truth in their hearts and so the first one that I've, that I've asked you guys to highlight, or Celine to highlight, or which one I highlighted was, Will Psalm 78 verse 4 says, we will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power, the wonder He has done. And so this morning, I quickly want to tell you about the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and what He's done in my life, in my work, in my family in my finances and in my relationships. And uh, you know, we sang that song about, um, you are the treasure in the field, I give everything. And it reminded me how just practically one day my son had a treasure in the field. Uh, I think he was about 10 years old. We visited friends on a farm And the week before, he bought himself a lacquer Stetson hat. You know, he paid quite a bit of money. I think it was money that he saved or that he got for his birthday. But he bought that Stetson hat, and he was so proud of it because I think all boys at that age do believe they are cowboys (laughs) or want to become cowboys. And as we visited these friends, he took off his hat. And on this farm, they just planted um, wheat, I think, but it was starting to come up, and it was about just between your 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 knee and your ankle. So it was kind of high. And it is it is beautiful just to be in the field and to see all these plants coming up. And um, he took it off. Uh, he forgot about it, and they started running around. And eventually we called them and said, okay, we're going back um, home. And he's like, oh, I forgot my hat. Where's my hat? And like... Where did you push your hat? I don't know. And it's, this flaktus, it can be anywhere. It, and all you see in front of you is just green. You know, all these plants that's coming up. And we're like, yo, how are we going to find this hat? You know, and a boy of 11 years old or 10 years old, his heart was gebreek geweest because he paid a couple of hundred bucks for his hat. And as a dad and as a mom, we were like, no, we'll sort it out. And with our friends, we actually said, let's pray about it. Let's ask the Lord that he'll show us where that hat is, where his little treasure is. And we all kind of split split it up, and we started walking in a direction. And as we were walking, um, I didn't find anything, neither did the rest of my family. And the other family also consists of five, except the mom of the other family and as she got it, she picked it up and said, "I found it!" She just shouted. We're like, all like, "Yeah, that's unbelievable! That's a miracle!" And in that moment, it really felt like a miracle because in a field of a lot of wheat, you won't be able to see it. And she and she really test, she testified and she said, "You know, the Lord." She was walking and praying in the spirit, asking the Lord, "Lord, please lead me to this little treasure," and He did. And that's just, you know, that's just one thing that has happened in my family that I thought of while we were singing. But, you know, there's a lot that has actually happened with me. Um, I've been walking a road with the Lord for the last 20 years now. I can remember when I got saved in 2002. Um, you know, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, but there's a saying that says, when you... Live in a stable that doesn't make you a horse. It's a choice that you have to make. And so some of the things that I'm sharing with you this morning is, is things that has happened over the last 20 years. But I really want to share them with you because I think a few of us, or maybe all of us, are sitting thinking, but can God spread a table in the wilderness? Especially at the start of this new year. And I want to say, yes, that He can. And I want to prove it to you. And so, just to carry on on some of the other praiseworthy deeds that he has done in my life. Maybe just if I can quickly tell you about in my work. When we came to George about 12 years ago, I actually lost my work four times in five years. And it's not as if I was careless. I know where I normally put stuff. So when I say I lost it, (laughs) um, I mean that I was made redundant and companies went bust, or whatever the case may be, you know, and uh, Karin sometimes felt like, sure, maybe you should go for deliverance or something, you know, <laughs> what have we done, <laughs> but just in my work, I want to tell you quickly two stories, is that the one, we were living, actually, before we came to George, we were in the UK, and I can distinctly remember saying to Karen one day that, you know, I wish I could have four weeks to just Because the tiny little flat that we stayed in was very British. (laughs) It had brown carpets in the bathroom and pink carpets in our room. And I think blue carpets um, in the tiny little living room. (laughs) So I told Karen, I wish that I had or I could get four weeks just to refurb our little tiny space yet again. It's so tiny that I, with my ten thumbs, won't be able to get it wrong in retiling or in painting (laughs) And you know what? It wasn't a few days after that my company made me redundant. And I was kind of sad and depressed because now I'm jobless and um, I've got to pay for this flat that we're now staying in. And I can remember going to church the one morning and this guy, you know, I, I, I told my elder that, you know, you must pray for me, please, because I'm a little bit down and out. I just lost my job and I have to pay for this flat. We're newlyweds. Your life is tough. And as I was sharing that with the elder, there was a gentleman just behind me, and he just slapped me on the back and said, that's fantastic news that you lost your job. Seriously? He said, yes, because recently, well, maybe a few months prior or a year prior, he lost his job, but you know what, Quentin? The Lord came through. He gave me a better job with more money, more perks, the works. I'm like, that's your story, bro, you know? But he encouraged me that day, said, Quentin, if he did it for me, he will do it for you. And the Lord really did. Those four weeks was a little bit depressing, yet exciting, very stretching, because with my, I'm a DDIY guy, don't do it yourself, Quentin, <laughs> as opposed to a DIY guy. <laughs> but I kind of had fun doing it, it was challenging, and I learned a lot. And you know what? After those four weeks, because my company sent me on gardening leave and they said, oh, we, it's not necessary for you to come back and we know how it is, so we'll pay you in advance your salary, go home and go find another job. Thank you. And after those four weeks, I got a call from a company, had an interview, and you know what? They, I got a new job exactly like that with more money, more perks. I could actually cycle to work. There was a shower at work. There's a place where I could store my bike and it was... It was just the Lord. But in that thing, you know, I really learned the power of our words and what we do speak. And that we should be careful and we should be good stewards of what we say. Because Proverbs tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And sometimes we make a statement or we say something, oh, I wish. Like, or, or, you know, or sometimes we say bad things, we, we speak down. But that thing so reminded me that we should be careful of what we say because life and death really is in the power of a tongue. You know what, and another quick story about just, I've got a timer running, so don't worry, we won't go past two hours. Um, the other praiseworthy deeds of the Lord that He's done in my life that I would like to share was in my family especially in that time when Karen and I were living in that tiny little flat in London. That's one of the reasons why we came back to South Africa. The pram and the two chairs that we had in the living area didn't fit. (laughs) So (laughs) we wouldn't have been able even to put the pram in the living room. But rewind a little bit to what I've just said about the pram. There was a time where... Karen and I went to the doctors, and the doctors actually told us that Karen would not be able to conceive naturally. And they said that we'll have to get help. Now, the way in which he sent it, or said it rather, is he sent me to a place with a little something close to my chest on the bus, and I said, mm mm, not happening. <laughs> and we did. And you know what? Same with my work, and same with this little story, is that there was a long time where we... And that's probably where the fridge story came in. Prior to that, I heard a really encouraging story about a lady and a family who also struggling to fall pregnant. And through a long process of prayer, and um, just a picture that the Lord gave her in her heart, they actually put a picture on their fridge. And after many years they fell pregnant. There was even a miscarriage in between and Alice. But after many years, she did fall pregnant. They did have the baby and they went on holiday. And after, or while they were on holiday, she actually took a photo. And, but this was like 10 years after she had this little picture on her fridge. And, um, you know, in that 10 years, nothing happened. She got despondent with the Lord. And she's like, yeah, it, this faith thing doesn't work and whatever. She had a miscarriage and she was really distraught. But after that long period of time, them going on the holiday, and you must remember that was like in the 90s when we still had no digital cameras, it was all film. And uh, she actually got the photo back, and when she went through the holiday photos, she just got goosebumps all over. And she's like, yo, this photo that she saw reminded her of something. And she went into the attic, she scratched around in the box, and she actually got this little picture that she had in her heart that the Lord gave her. And these two pictures were so close to each other. They were near identical. And when I heard that testimony, it stirred something in my heart. And we, Karin and I, were kind of on a similar journey where we also stuck a picture um, on our fridge and we prayed about it. And we, there, was, there was also a period of time that lapsed. And month after month, when you see only one pink line, you you kind of like, is this really going to happen? Is this really working? But you know what? The one morning, my friend sent me Psalm 127 that said, your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. And when he sent that and I read it, that truth really sank into my heart. And it wasn't a week or two later; It was a short time after that. We saw two pink lines the one morning, and similar to that story, you know, one of the other stories about me losing my job. I was fast asleep the one night. At twelve o'clock, I woke up, Marcus Helderwaker, refreshed, uitgeslap, and I was like, "Yo, I'm awake. It's twelve o'clock." And it was in that time where I was really stressing about my work, about finances and everything. And I was like, okay, I'm awake now. All I can do is just go and sit in the living room and read and pray a little bit. Maybe that'll be good. And as I read my Bible, I, for some reason, read Psalm 127 again. I was like, I know this scripture, but this scripture was like, your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Is there something that's going to happen? (laughs) But then I read it in Afrikaans, the Afrikaans translation. And if you read it in Afrikaans translation, there's a, just further on in Psalm 127, it says, um, The Lord actually gives you. Selim, um, can I get That's my net go up to Or maybe somebody can quickly look it up in their Bible, Psalm 127, and just read it in, in English, then I'll translate in Afrikaans. But paraphrasing. It boils down to that. For and say slap. And it was Psalm 127. It's a, it's a short one. You can if you can call up the, the entire one. Justin, have you got it? Sorry, yeah. And it's and it's what Hein also prayed. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Now, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. In Afrikaans, it's actually translated as that, he'll, he'll give you your work and your sleep. Your work, your job, kind of. That's what it felt like to me. And as I read it, I was just like, yo, goosebumps, goat. Goat. <laughs> And I really just felt an unction of the Holy Spirit to go onto like a little website that I normally would previously would go onto. And here was an advertisement for a job. But for some strange reason, my phone actually showed the oldest postings and not the newest postings. And that's why I never saw it, because I always look at the latest postings. Yo, but when I read this, this opportunity, I'm like switched on the light. Updated my CV, uploaded it, sent it, boom. Today, seven years later, seven years later, this is never English word. (laughs) Seven years later, I'm still in that position. You know why? Because God gave it to me. And even last year, I had a very difficult year at work, just because there was some politics happening. And there were people trying to oust me, to get rid of me, just because I uncovered a few things. And I was shining my light at work. People wanted to get rid of me, but they couldn't, because the Lord placed me there. I really want to tell you this story. But I want to tell you about, quickly about my stepfather who we've been praying for for the last 16 years to give his life to the lord but it's not working it's not happening and i was just about to give up and it was not last year it was a year before i think was it with conference time maybe semantics irrespective we were visiting my mom and my stepdad and it was the first time during the holiday where I had the remote in my hand <laughs> after fending off three other hands, taking it. And I was actually sitting in the lacquer like, lounge chair and just channel hopping and surfing. <laughs> and in that very random unexpected moment, Karen comes into the room and she says, Quentin, come pray with me. Opa Doc wants to give his heart to the Lord. And I was just so blown away in that moment because it was such a random moment. It's not a moment that I thought that this is how it's going to happen, but it was so necessary. And after 16 years, he decided to... He knew we were praying for him, but, you know, we, Car and I, daily, and we, we pray together. Every morning we pray together before I go to work. And um, I really can count maybe on both of my hands and maybe both of her hands after 20 years we haven't really missed that prayer time together at all except for maybe 10 times or 12 times even though i worked in remote places i would phone and say good morning my love and we actually pray together and just sharing that little quick story i want to encourage your husbands and wives pray together daily um Those of you guys who are not married, get somebody to pray with, because the word reminds us in Ecclesiastes is that the three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Right. There's so many stories that are, you know, in in my finances, um, in my relationships, and just recently how maybe I had a grievance against a leader. And you know what? It's not people like, what? Yay. A grievance, 10 euro month, yeah, groot, <laughs> lekker. And even in my relationship to, to leaders and to other people, and you know what, we do rub off on each other. Sh- iron, shine up and iron, iron. <laughs> that's Irish. <laughs> German, jawohl, voll, is <laughs> your good, danke. It sounds like my airtime is running low, let me take a sip of water quickly. Where was I? Iron sharpens iron. So we do rub off on each other. And you know what? We are created unique, and our personalities sometimes do frustrate, irritate, or whatever. But don't take it personally. This dar to highlight something in your heart that you should sort out. And even in that moment, and it was recent, it was like in the middle of last year, maybe to the end of last year. Um, and it was actually in COM. Hashtag COM. Do not neglect the gathering of saints. Don't neglect going to COM. Don't neglect coming to church. Side note, side comment, but take it, it's for free. It was actually in COM where I was asked to read a scripture. And I was searching for the scripture, and I came on this scripture in Colossians 3.13 that says, bear with one another and forgive grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave. And I was just like, game over. I can go home now. This is the Lord has spoken. (laughs) And I knew it was for me. But it was in that moment where I was searching for something else that I had to read, but it's just in that moment where the Lord really just Drop that truth and settle that thing in my heart. So all these things that I've shared with you is just like the yellow highlighted section. That's the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and the wonders that He has done in my life. But you know what? The second one that I I highlighted was in green, and that was verse 8 where it says not to be like their ancestors, a stubborn and a rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to God, whose spirits were not faithful to Him. You might think that I've got everything all together. Boom, 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 I don't, and I didn't. I was a stubborn and a rebellious Quentin whose heart was not loyal to God and whose spirit was not faithful to Him. Believe it or not, there was a time where I was very far from the Lord. I'm quickly going to speedboat through this story, but I think it's important for all of you to know that we are imperfect beings, but we do serve a perfect God. And I say always, God slain, raggaythouwen, met kromstokke, And ek gloom as a kromstok. And just to explain to you, that, just quickly, I was 18 years old. My dad had cancer, and he died in my matric year in April. Um, I didn't realize it, but it really affected me, um, especially when I went to university. And the way that it affected me is that I was angry. I was angry, and I realized a little bit later I was angry at God, because he took my dad. And my dad was a good oak. He was really a good guy. He, he was a good father, and I know that all of us, or most of us, or some of us don't, maybe do not have a good picture, or, not a good picture, but maybe have a strenuous relationship with our dads, or our dads weren't great examples, but it feels like, he really was a good dad. He was a, a firm believer, in. um, you know what, as I went to university, I <laughs> I became a DJ at this radio station at Varsity. Uh, it was a community radio station, and yes, Corey used to listen to me, <laughs> 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 and you know what, they actually, what they do every now and then is they take RAMS figures. Um, so they actually have to take, they have to measure how many frequencies dial into this particular frequency to see whether this radio station should continue or not. And at one stage, the RAMS figures showed that there were sixty to 70,000 listeners, and those sixty to 70,000 listeners were tuned in between um, 6 and 9 at evening. That was my time slot. So suddenly, I was an angry oak that started to become famous, and I got into the wrong crowd. Uh, I got into a crowd that that drank a lot, and I started drinking. And this toxic cocktail, pun intended, (laughs) nearly ruined my life. You know what, this morning I actually realized that had it not been for the Lord, I probably, like Oscar, would have been released this week from prison It's a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but it's very true because some of the nonsense that I got up to could have landed me in jail. And today I'm thankful that I'm not in a physical prison nor in a spiritual prison and that I'm a free man. Glory to God. And so maybe... Just to fast track it, um, after varsity, on my last year of varsity, I actually went to a camp. That's where I met Karen. And at this camp, you know, I was so arrogant. Um, my friend told me that, yeah, but you're an open-minded guy. Why don't you go to this camp with me? And I said, yeah, just because I'm an open-minded guy, I'll, I'll go with you. But at that camp, you know, I can distinctly remember... And the guy standing in front actually said like, he feels that there's people in this crowd that just want to take their keys and drive off. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and he said, no, please just stay and, and hear me out. The gentleman made an altar call, and I can distinctly remember me telling my brain, my good old unholy trinity self, muni <laughs> hand I kid you not, the moment I told myself that thing, it felt like as if somebody put my hand up. And I was like, hey, wait, my, and I literally wanted to you know, look behind and say, because <laughs> I didn't, because I told myself not to. But you know what, my hand was up, and the gentleman speaking at the front said, thank you for that hand, I see that, please come forward so I can pray with you. And now I'm like, you know, I'm this like famous DJ dude, I can't just be chicken and not go, you know. So I'm like, "Yeah." I with the go. I went to the front, the gentleman prayed for me. And you know what? I actually lost my balance, and I fell flat on my back. And many years later, I always wondered about what was up with that, but I just went with it, you know. But that felt so real, and somebody explained it to me later on and said, Quentin, it was the weight of sin and death that was on your shoulders that got lifted when you gave your heart to the Lord. And because the weight of sin and death was on my shoulders, I was free, and I literally lost my balance. I just Luckily, um, So that's just a little bit about me and how I was stubborn and rebellious and my heart was not loyal to God and my spirit was not with Him. But you know what, when I came to Jesus, it was 20 years of putting in principles upon principle, upon principle, upon truth. Um, and I'm so thankful for them. Some of them were quite hard. Um, But even though they were hard, they are still praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, which I want to tell to the next generation so they can remember it. Um, So that little scripture that I said, he did miracles in the sight of their ancestors in the land of Egypt, in the region of Zoan, the fact that I'm sitting in front of you today, not a prisoner, not a convict, and not a dead man, is really a miracle, but, you know, what the crux of the story this morning that I want to get to is the question that the Israelites asked. And it's a question that we, at the beginning of a year, also ask. Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? And, you know, and having felt the heat yesterday, imagine you had that heat for 40 years, day in, day out. I was warm. And I can kind of understand how the Israelites felt. Not um ni om dit wat with the kiddoun it and we dit not it goed praatni but I've got some some empathy or sympathy. I don't even know what's the right one. But you kinda relate to it to some extent. You know, and and even for some of us it feels like we are in a desert spiritually. There's a lot of heat and it's a dry place. Maybe your situation appears to be hopeless. You know, and I'm actually also, we as a family are also faced with a few of those situations. We don't know what's going to happen, but my trust is in the Lord. Because some of these things that I've shared with you is every time He's established me in my, in my faith, He's shown to me that He is a good God, that He's a loving God who gives good gifts to His children. You know what? Um, Maybe can uh, Celine, the scripture is Romans fifteen verse thirteen. You know, and if, even if you're in that in that place where you feel like your situation is hopeless, it's a desert. It causes anxiety. It causes stress. And it kills your your joy, your peace, and your hope. But see what Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not by the power of the stories that Quentin has shared, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, and further on in that psalm, they ask, um, and the psalmist or the person that's writing that psalm says, But, and the other verse is, can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? And it kind of seems like a bit of an arrogant question, and an arrogant statement, in a, a form of arrogance. Can he spread a table? Oh, and so by the way, can he give us water and can he give us meat? We, we're not just, uh, you know, we just don't want to see a table. almost almost spread for you know. Celine, can you put up Philippians 4 verse 6 for us as well, please? Philippians 4 verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer, and that's the key word there, that needs to be highlighted or underlined, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, not with a miff heart, but with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Can you put up Matthew 7 for us, please, Selena? In prepping, you know, I, I read Matthew 7 again, and it's a beautiful piece where Jesus actually says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you... If your son asks for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a couple yo, oh sorry, fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Celine, did I give you Mark 11:22? You know, what Mark 11:22 says, in verse, actually it was 24 and 25 that I gave you. Sorry, if you can just put up 24, 25, that's also fine. But in 22, it says, have faith in God. And it says, Jesus answered, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, that's the other key word, the same as the previous one in Philippians 4, verse 6, in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. There's a crucial thing that, verse 25, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Remember that story that I just now shared about my grievance, my unforgiveness that I had? We should not be walking around with that grievance. That grievance is heavy. You know, the last that that we underlined even though the Israelites arrogantly asked for things, God gave it to them yet he gave a command to the skies above and opened the doors of the heaven Ephesians 3 verse 20 says something it tells us what the end result is It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. So I think there's a few things that we've said that we have to digest and maybe think about. But just maybe to finish off, as we're landing this plane, the proverbial plane I'm reminded about the goat. It's not the goat. It's the greatest of all time. Abraham. And so, in Romans 4, there's a story. Well, not a story, but there's an account. It's a a better word. There's an account where Paul gives an account of Abraham. um, A a summary, a shortened version of, of events. And we kind of know the story about Abraham. But this scripture sums it up so beautifully. And I'll quickly read at Romans 4 verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him. So shall your offspring be. And here's the cool part that should be underlined. And without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Because he was 100 years old, we know, maybe even more. Since he was, oh, here it says, sorry, since he was about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. Is that not an awesome scripture to hold on to this year? Is that not a call to persevere, to continue to pray, to continue to believe, to continue to knock, to continue to seek the Lord, to continue to ask faithfully, knowing that He's a good God, He's a good Father, and He does give good gifts to His children? And it is a call not to waver through unbelief. And to be fully persuaded that He has the power to do what He has promised, you know. And maybe there's some promises that's sitting here this morning that you've heard many moons ago. They've been put on the shelf. Maybe it's time to take them off the shelf again and to pray into them. And say, Lord, this is the promise that I had. You gave me this promise. So even though the situation seems as good as dead, it's not. You know, the Lord says He's got a hope and a future for us. He's got plans to prosper us and to give us a future.